1: Hello, and welcome to the Overback Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with musicians, Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, another set of episodes for The Last Dance. Uh, episodes five and six are in the can. Um, and, and you know, I'm going to admit... I think that these two were the weakest so far um, in general, particularly episode five, and maybe it's just because a lot of the stuff that was covered it feels like stuff that we've heard and talked about before. Um, but I feel like these were not quite as strong. Still enjoyable. Still I liked them, but not quite as strong as the the first four episodes. I
2: have to. Uh, so I actually like I liked episode six a lot. Episode six might be one of my favorites so far of the entire series, mostly because okay. I think we dove into a little bit more of the maybe Jordan isn't the most perfect human being in the universe, and and maybe sure. we all shouldn't be like Mike and all that sort of stuff. I will admit to you, episode five kind of felt like, hey, do you remember the Dream Team documentary? Here's like a much worse version of it, sure. And that kind of annoyed me a little bit. I mean, the shoe stuff at the beginning of episode five I thought was pretty cool, and I was like, okay, this is interesting, this is pretty fun. And then it just kind of tailed off into you know stuff we kind of already know about you know the, the the dream team and all this stuff going on with the dream team and then I, I mean i guess there wasn't a ton to go with the 92 finals like that's i love that finals because i really love that portland trailblazers team but i get that maybe you can't suck too much out of that other than like jordan being like i don't really think Clyde Rex is very good or you know i don't think he's <laughs> right. on my level type thing but then that it sure. was like oh magic michael doesn't think that Clyde's on his level and then michael proceeds to just like absolutely dominate the finals and it's like oh well all right. uh, <laughs> like <good point>. right. <laughs> yeah. maybe he's right okay and then you're I, kind of done you yeah. know you're kind of done yeah. you're like oh well yeah. I mean yeah they, yeah he's better than Clyde Drexler so it's like you know what I mean like so that that's where I think maybe episode five was a little weak but I I, I thought there was some some good stuff uh in episode six and I'm curious if if you know how much farther uh we, we go there but my my real question though Jason we, we left this episode episode six on an absolute cliffhanger do you think the Chicago Bulls can beat the New Jersey Nets in the first round of the Eastern Conference Ooh, the playoffs, uh, right, Calipari's team is pretty good. Yeah, Sherman right. Douglas, he's looking. Carry Kittles, yeah,
1: Keith Van Horn, That's they got a lot of talent. Good point. It's gonna to be tough, yeah. A lot Chris of Gatling's of out a lot there. Gatling. He's tough. Yeah. Who, who guards Chris Gatling? You know, who, who guards Chris Gatling? I mean, <laughs> right. well, how many people guard Chris Gatling is the question. <laughs> right. I mean, double, maybe triple team Chris Gatling. You you can't you can't stop Chris Gatling. You can only hope to contain him. So, fair point, Rich. You know, I wasn't quite prepared for that so maybe we'll have to pump that toward the end of the episode if you know we can see what happens but yeah i you know be followed by that question i guess um (laughs) speaking of young nba stars uh we begin 1998 with a 19 year old kobe bryant and and mike and michael jordan um facing off somewhat in the all-star game uh this is 1998 all-star game obviously february 98 madison square garden uh jordan right wouldn't be his last all-star game but people were thinking at the time that probably would be his last all-star game um not thinking that he would come back as a wizard one day um did we even know? I guess we knew what a wizard was at that point, but uh, we, we did know. Um, yeah,
2: we briefly knew what a wizard yeah. was, but we, it was right. uncomfortable and we didn't like it. And then Michael Jordan came back right. as a wizard and it was uncomfortable and
1: we didn't like it. So. It was more uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, l- listen, listen, greatest wizard six man ever, I would have to say, probably. You know, Michael Jordan, maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. I'll well, uh, Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, no, that's right. yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah so um, we get some fun, you know, um, backstage stuff with. Um, Larry Bird, who's of course the the coach of the Pacers now, and and MJ razzing on each other, um, you get some comments about uh, from '98 Jordan about Kobe about you don't let the game come to him; he just goes out there and take it. They all kind of make fun of him a little bit. For, <laughs> that was that um, was it.
2: I was glad they had that footage in there; right. it was kind of cool. Where, yeah, you know, these guys are like I ain't gonna pass it in. What a little and like people forget right. that that's what the reputation for Kobe was. Like now, it's it's you know obviously um, in the, in the time of his, of his life and, and his career or whatever, it's kind of changed a little bit. And he's like this ultra competitor and he's like, you know, the, the, the next lineage of Jordan in terms of that, he just really wants right. to win. But at that time they're like, does this little 18 year old asshole think that he's doing in our league? Cause it was an old man's league at that right. time. You know, it was oh, old yeah. and these dudes did not like Kobe Bryant out there thinking oh. he was good and thinking he should have the ball and that he should be doing everything. I mean, it was, that was the thought at the league. I mean, that, and that was the thought of like the major media too. Uh, about kobe but what was cool though is that the fans really embraced kobe uh in those early years and that's how he became an all-star starter at you know 19 is that you right. know, the young fans were really into this guy like this guy's cool we like this guy and and uh, we would see that carry through those fans would you know become adults and and they're still arguing and about kobe still, today on it on twitter they, so. they
1: yeah that's it's fun we, we enjoy that no yeah i mean yeah and, and obviously yeah kobe was not he was a little bit ahead of in terms of popularity as opposed to, you know, um, skills. I mean, he was a very talented young player, but he, you know, he, he had a long to or only really two, two or three minutes before he really emerged as, you know, top 10 level, you know, top five MVP level type player, but uh, he wasn't quite there yet, but he was still good. And, and obviously we've talked about, I know on previous episodes about, you know, early confrontations between Jordan and Kobe and how, you know, Jordan was, you know, was quick to praise him and talk about, you know, the stuff that he would share with them. And, you know, definitely, um, Served a little bit in terms of an inspiration mentor type role, you know, we we, we get some footage of Kobe here, I you, I think just recorded weeks before he passed away, Um, if I'm, if I'm,
2: I remember that being Craig a that. thing. Yeah, I remember them yeah, talking about how they, right. they had just talked about just talked to him during the de- for the documentary. And yeah, that's kind of uh, chilling footage to see knowing, yeah, like, you know, in, in two weeks time, yeah. what was going to be happening.
1: Right. Yeah. And, he, you know, he talks about how, you know, it's a rough couple of years of him coming into the league that he was, you know, he started off being the kid who shot a bunch of air ball, air balls and, um, you know, of course, Jordan providing guidance for him and, and all that good stuff. So not a lot there, um, but, you know, nice to see, um, you know, the, the, the seeing the backstage type of stuff in 98, like um, maybe we we'll talk about later, but I know there are some people who are sort of disappointed that the focus of this series has been so much away from the 98 years and they were kind of expecting more of like kind of the the backstage Jay Jackson mm-hmm. I guess getting to know the personalities of that team and you know I I get I'm good with the documentary how, how it's gone so far we, you know some quibbles with the these two episodes particularly episode 5 which I think was definitely the flattest one um but i but, you know but i but i you know i can see the stuff here and and wonder okay you know could it have been an even better documentary if it focused on 98 or, or is there just you know not really that much there I mean, obviously i have not seen all the footage that they have um but it, it definitely gets pulled away from 98 um a lot more and i think in this episode a little bit to its detriment
2: yeah and and that's i think going to be a problem throughout the rest of the, and and like you said without knowing the footage I have no idea if it's like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what Bill Wennington did. And, you know, oh, my God, <laughs> right, Scott right. Jason Caffey were uh, just absolutely ridiculous. I just think the problem is, is and, and maybe people heighten their own expectations about it, is I just don't think the 98 Bulls team is very interesting. I don't think, like, a lot of NBA teams are really interesting when you actually, like, follow them around day by day. Like, they're just a bunch of dudes in planes and cars, like, you know, reading books or, or you know, playing video yeah. games or playing cards, and Bro. then they get off, and then they play basketball. <laughs> it's like they do it again, like... I, I,
1: yeah, I mean, what's happening to them is obviously interesting. I mean, it is obviously pretty unique in NBA history, that ninety eight. Oh, for I sure. Mean, it, yeah, I just mean, yeah. I think
2: people are like, oh, yeah. man, it's going to be like, you know, all this crazy stuff right. going on behind the scenes or whatnot. And, like, right. a lot of stuff is going on, but a lot of it, like, when you're getting, like, the backstage access, it's... It's
1: it's it's not, it's not going to be said in the way, you know, they, I mean, they're, they're obviously... um you know cognizant of the fact that the camera's there even if they're letting their guard down at a certain point if you get used to cameras but um right i'm 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 guessing yeah if there was something
2: huge that happened like say michael Jordan like punched a wall and jerry krauss was like you're fucking out of here i'm firing you you know you're like (laughs) they probably wouldn't have that anyway (laughs) you know what i mean like they they would have closed the door and said okay no 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 that you know the camera's not here for right now or whatever so everything you're seeing is sort of the sanitized ish Version I, of I, it, and, unless it's I'm Scott gu- Burrell being ragged on, which you know that right. has that, that stayed forever. So, <laughs>
1: I, I'm guessing that we're probably getting the spiciest stuff from 97 98 it, on here. I'm, I'm guessing they're not holding a lot back. Yeah, um, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's probably a fair um guess. So, um, staying with 98 uh, a bit before we get back to um, you know, the, the other focuses of the episodes as we talked about was um, the initial relationship with nike and how you know the marketing you know made him into you know the one of the most if the most popular athlete of his time and then um into the 92 season and then of course the dream team um but but back to 98 i you know we we get some some cool stuff with um um Jordan wearing the first Air Jordan ones in Madison Square Garden in '84. Um, he wore them in, there at in his de- debut. Um, he has a really good game against the Knicks, although his his feet are bleeding. At the um, you know incredible there, but definitely some interesting footage, and you know a, a more adding to the Jordan hype than anything. But um, but you know fun stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I I liked a lot of that early. Um... Because that's we don't hear a ton about maybe the courting of Michael Jordan and and in and, and the Nike, like I, I really for some, for some reason, maybe I'm just like not watching the right stuff for but I've I don't feel like I've gotten enough about like Nike's kind of rise in the basketball game and how important Jordan was, uh, to that rise. And I was kind of glad to see that a little bit because yeah, I mean, right. they took a huge risk with this guy. And then like we kind of think of it as like, oh yeah, they paid Jordan a bunch of money and then Nike became the biggest shoe company ever because of course they did, but like you know, I, I forget who brought it up, I, I forget exactly whose quote it was maybe David Aldridge, I forget who it was, but was saying that, like, yeah, a lot of the top NBA guys were getting, like, 100000 for shoe deals, and here comes Nike with $250,000, and it's like, oh, my God, like, had that not worked, like, say Michael Jordan's foot breaks the second year and he never comes, you know what I mean, like, he never comes back or, or does any of that stuff, like, that is a monumental, like, I mean, that company is is probably never going back into the world of basketball or sponsorship or whatnot, but it worked out for them, and and uh, we've seen, you know, that entire culture rise basically from that in a lot of ways so that it's really cool to see that and 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 dive into that uh and and I always try to think of like what would have happened had it not worked had Jordan you know not been what they thought he was going to be or whatnot and 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 you know we we see so many times that happening in today's NBA I mean I'm sure Adidas is is kicking themselves about you know the Derrick Rose deal they signed you know nine years ago at this point and it's still got I think another year uh on it or whatnot so yeah it's just it's amazing what could have happened but I thought that was kind of cool it was a nice little insight there and, and and you get Jordan you know Putting over Adidas, being like, "Yeah, I love Adidas. I like to wear Adidas," right. and, yeah. and just thinking how, in like retro, like ten years later, just like hearing Jordan be like, "Yeah, I wish I was with Adidas." <laughs> like how awesome, how like incredible that was because he's so synonymous now, uh, with Nike, and 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 yeah, it's like it's almost unquestionable that he would be with anybody else but Nike
1: right yeah and you know the, the i think nike exec who's quote is saying that at the end of year four they'd hoped to sell three million dollars worth of air jordans but in in year one they sold 126 million dollars <laughs> right air yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously yeah and you know the kind of the key was to market him you know more like a tennis player rather than a basketball player because converse had pretty much all the big basketball stars at the time you know magic um larry Bird, bernard king you know the, the guys who who sold shoes so um you know nike yeah, differently they were you know kind of focused more they, they attended they had a lot of track shoes and you know obviously we get a um, you of know, clips of all the commercials and um you know spike lee directing the you know the famous spots it's got to be the shoes you know all, all that good stuff so um yeah i mean again um a few insights there. I think most of that story's been, been fairly well told. I guess the early stuff about what, you know, Drew, uh, Jordan to Nike. Um, some of that was new, but, but mm-hmm. a lot of it was, had been told before. Um, uh, you know, back to 98, I think the other, the key thing is like the Georgia Dome game, um, of, um, you know, late in 98, March of 98, they draw 62,000 in the Georgia Dome. Um, you know, it, it's described by somebody there as a Pope and Jesus phenomenon of, of um, you know, Jordan. And, you know, and throughout these episodes, particularly in episode six, you know, we're, we're getting more footage of Jordan, you know, in these huge media scrums, you know, signing all these autographs for fans, all these big crowds, all this screaming at him. And, and, and you know, it goes on and on about how that's wearing him down. It's, it's wearing him down a lot. 93 it's wearing him down a lot 98 you know both times before he's uh, about to retire so um you know you know definitely strengthen some themes there it's easy to forget what a spectacle that 98 was for the nba it's basically the peak of the nba in terms of popular culture i mean i i don't yeah i mean it's we're kind of in a different media environment now so it's never going to quite be the same as it was we're much more specialized now but you know but nba i mean those finals drew you know, incredible numbers, you know, like, you know, was it like 20, 30 million um, numbers in terms of, you know, people who are watching those. And, you know, just there's just very few things now that, you know, almost everybody watches. And the NBA definitely was at that point. Jordan specifically was at that point in 98.
2: Yeah, no, it absolutely feels like 1998 was like the, the peak when like you're saying where where sports and particularly the NBA. Felt like it was just interwoven with like popular culture. Like there wasn't the NBA and also like entertainment and that sort of stuff. It was like that was it. You know, every entertainment show, every news broadcast, it was they were talking about the NBA. They were talking about Michael Jordan. Like he was that. He transcended sport in a lot of way and just became a public Life. figure, yeah. <laughs> like you know any yeah. other you know major major uh, public figure was. And uh, yeah, I I liked the George Dome game a lot. And they showed like the camera shot of like the really like very oddly rigged you know stadium and there's like a floor yeah. in the middle of it like I want more games than just like horribly oddly configured uh domes that like nothing looks good it's like cavernous and it's like an awful place to watch a basketball game but I like a good dome game I like a good Alamo dome I like a good Georgia dome you know yeah. little, some, yeah. sky dome, <laughs> some sky dome yeah. Toronto Raptors games you know
1: I forget why I was there. I was I was working for a newspaper, but I was at the. I didn't actually go to a game, but the final four in Atlanta. Um, I think it was 07. It was the year Ohio State and Florida played in the um, in the final. And I, I went to like the Georgia Dome and like saw like how it was like all set up and it was it was like a really weird configuration because obviously yeah, the court is so much smaller than the field and you have like a whole lot of it like you know curtained off and yeah. it, 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 it I, I can't really describe it very well. My memory of it isn't that um isn't that clear, but it was yeah, it was just it was just so bizarre. Like I had no idea like um you know, how they would you know, I no clue that was the way that they would configure it, even though it kind of makes sense you know in in your head once you realize okay yeah this is the there's only only certain ways to have this work in this space
2: right so, I, I was like the pontiac silver dome with the pistons where they just put a giant blue oh, yeah. tarp over half the
1: stadium so like, that was basically what it was in atlanta that was right. yeah it was basically the same kind of thing they were doing yeah so um yeah so um i so anything else you know kind of re- regarding nike or you know obviously david folks interview, no no talks, i think i know, got everything out of my idea. yeah okay yeah so you know diving into 92 you know we don't again not a whole lot about the 92 team other than you know kind of there's some discre- discussion of them being awesome and, and we read some nice um clips of the 92 team being awesome uh and then we skip right to the finals don't talk about the playoffs at all um and yeah, uh, Jordan said, yeah, yeah. I mean, Drexler was a threat, but I took offense to the idea that they were comparing. And yeah, Jordan averaged like thirty five point um, eight points per game in that finals. I mean, just completely outclassed um, Drexler, who you know was who, again Drexler probably eighty percent of the player that uh, Jordan was maybe you know at his peak. You know, I mean, it's really, really good. Um, you know, Hall of Famer. You know, Dream Teamer. Deserved all that stuff. You know, un- again, un- unfair to c- compare. Pretty much anyone to Jordan, but I think he suffered the most in that comparison because he was kind of, you know, you you sort of glance at a distance, and he was a guy who had a lot of the same types. He was good at the same types of things. I mean, he was a great dunker. He was really athletic, you know, similar positions, similar size, all that good stuff, but yeah, obviously... (laughs) Uh, unfair that's an unfair comparison for anybody
2: yeah and and like i i like that they focused a little bit on the 92 team like briefly at least we had the highlight clip because that's like my favorite bulls team of all time that 92 team that's awesome yeah the thing that's awesome about that team is like and and you know people will always say oh no the 72 win 96 team or you know 1998 or any of these other teams but like that's you know those other years i think is when the when when jordan to me stopped being like a super entertaining player and just became like a great like he was just an unbelievably good player but, like, 92, he's still flying all over the place. He's still bouncing like you know, like a pogo stick. He's all over. And, and like, Horace Grant's all over the court. And Scottie Pippen's all over the court. That 92 team, I love those guys. Because, like, by 96 yeah. and 97, they're slow. They're kind of winning games by attrition. They're winning games because they're better than every other team. And they're winning, you know, 91 to, you know, 78 because they're just better than you at every aspect of the game or whatever. But 92, man, they're flying around. They're just, like... I love that team, and yeah, if, if people, you know, that I think that the, the montage did a good job of it, but yeah, do yourself a favor and watch like a 1992 Chicago Bulls team, because it's such a different ride than when you watch, you know, 96, 97, uh, 98 Bulls, and it's just a completely different team, and, and, and the, the style play that they played is much more of the, like the 80s style than it would be, you know, the, the, the mid-90s to the early 2000s style that they sort of adopted, you know, in the late in, in, in the last three-peat
1: right and yeah they and they were i think the 92 team was a great young team and the 96 team you know through 98 was a great old team you know as, as you talked about i mean that's a good way of putting it and jordan yeah was still closer to his athletic peak in at 92 28 years old i mean just able to yeah jump out of the arena and, and the 98 jordan you know was you know still tremendously great um but not able to do the athletic things that 92 jordan could do so um uh, yeah, so so not so definitely yeah, I, I think the most fun team of that era definitely I think would be the 92 team. You know, because yeah, Pippen and Grant are absolutely hitting their peak two and they're just so fast and mm-hmm. so you know, Armstrong was a fun player and all that good stuff. So absolutely. Um, you know, one thing that you um um that I found interesting was uh Krauss Put, very much putting the focus on organization during the 92 finals interview. V- very much, you know, not surprising that would be a consistent theme with him. Um, and that, obviously that, that plays more into, you know, the 98 story, but you know, he was even ringing that bell, uh, back then as okay yeah it's a great organization which obviously you know serves him and serves his owner and serves you know a lot of people who are not Michael Jordan um, through that comment so I find that interesting yeah and
2: that's a that's a tough comment to uh <laughs> to make because that's one where you're like I, and and the thing is is like halfway through him discussing that and I'm like you know what that's cool he's like you know Shouting out the other people in the organization, the people that might not get all the right. credit, the equipment managers, right. and then he just like keeps going on, and, and you're like, yeah. all right, Jerry, stop, you had it. Like it was good that right. he's like, that's so really fine. who wins yeah. these titles, not the. Final. I'm like, no, just right. stop talking. You had it, like Jerry, right. like because half of that sentence was fine. Half of that sentence w- was like, yes, the players right. are great or whatever, but like I, it takes an entire, you know, all these guys really chip in and all these guys really make this yeah. a world class organization, and then it's like, all right, good. Period. Just stop Jerry, did. but he right, didn't, yeah. and he just kept going, and that's right. often why Jerry got himself yeah. in trouble. So,
1: yes, yes. So the dream team. Um, you know, I I think a lot of the. Um, I think the story here has been, been well told elsewhere. I, it, it's still enjoyable to um, to see. Um, you know, there's the highlights from the the Famous scrimmage with, um, you know, magic and Barkley's team taking the big lead, and then magic talking trash to Jordan, and then, and then Jordan leading the team back, and then his quote of, This is the 90s, and then Magic's like, What the hell is that supposed to mean, you know, and uh, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, it's been well told, obviously, in Jeff McCallum's book and other places. Um, it, you know, and then if you know, before then, they talk about the decision to leave Isaiah off the team. Jordan denies that he was responsible for it, but also. <laughs> I, which I, I I can say, I mean, I, I think it's probably true that Jordan didn't directly say, I'm not going to play with Isaiah Thomas, but I think everybody involved knew better than to even like bring up the idea Um, would, would be, you know, kind of my thought on that. And I mean, I get like, you know, the, the appeal for a lot of these players and what they talk about the special memories of are, you know, the practices, the camaraderie, the bonding, you know, Jordan talked about that and you know Isaiah being there probably would have ruined that so right. and it's
2: not like Jordan was yeah. the only person that thought Isaiah was a dick and didn't want him around oh, like oh, yeah, that's yeah. the other problem too it's like I know it yeah. all falls on Jordan but I'm sure like you know Karl Malone's probably like I don't really want that guy around either yeah well like, oh, I mean it's
1: Magic like- and Bird famously didn't want him either right, right. Exactly. those are the three so. guys you have to satisfy and, he, and all three hated him. I mean yeah. you know maybe maybe if um Magic and Bird loved him maybe they could you know maybe they could have gotten him on there but um yeah I mean I do think that Isaiah like deserved it in terms of, you know, the the type of player that he was, which was still a very good player, not, not as great as he'd been. um, But I think in terms of what he had accomplished over the past decade, um, you know, and, and, you know, obviously leading them to to, two championships being the best player on that team, you know um, I, I think his legacy in the same way that, yeah, Bird wasn't, you know, an elite level player anymore but he definitely belonged um, i i think isaiah did have the same belonging but yeah he pissed everybody off and nobody wanted to play with him and so i i get the decision not i don't think it's a huge injustice that he didn't get um that he didn't get picked yeah yeah no, I'm, I'm right with you yeah um and then yeah i we we do get you know i think the thing that um the, you know the two things that are focused on with this are um you know covering up with the reebok logo with the american flag which mm-hmm. um is is not um I, you know I, I guess there was some controversy about it but i think it's it's treated kind of in a heroic way which i'm not saying it's i i mean i wouldn't call it heroic i don't think it's horrific i mean it's you know um you know it's just it's 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 just kind of silly and i i guess i it doesn't i feel like it's not played in What would I consider like, okay, this is just kind of a silly petty thing. I don't think it's treated quite that way just because of how protective Jordan was about his brand. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no,
2: it, it is strange that, like, you know, in, in, especially in, in today's society where we're just, like, so, oh, my God, brands are, you know, ruining everything. And, oh, my God, marketing and all this sort of stuff. And it's, like, yeah, good for Jordan to stick up for his brand. <laughs> I'm like, okay, right. I guess whatever. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm kind of, like, whatever. But, yeah, some people are, like, yeah, that's good. Screw Reebok. And I'm, like, okay. <laughs> like, right.
1: right, Yeah, no. the
2: other selfless <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> multi-million, multi-million dollar shoe company is better than this multi-million dollar shoe company, I guess, yeah. Right. Uh, the, the one part though about, about that entire thing uh, Did you hear the name drop that Michael Jordan gave? Oh, Harvey Schiller. Harvey Bischoff. Schiller, WW Nitro star yes. Harvey Schiller. <laughs> yeah,
1: not for Harvey Schiller. Yes, yes. <laughs> Eric Bischoff um, and
2: Michael Jordan have the same uh, hatred for Harvey Schiller.
1: So. Yes, yeah. I think and it's storyline. Well, story.
2: Harvey... well I, I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, maybe Bischoff hates Harvey Schiller in real life. Yeah, actually, I think he might. But
1: um, I, I'm not at least sure. yes. character,
2: Eric Bischoff hates Harvey Schiller, too. Because
1: so. Harvey Schiller was, yeah, I mean, he was a, he was a Turner guy. Yeah. He was president um, of the Olympic
2: Committee, too, or executive director right, er, of the right. uh, Olympic Committee, I think, was his official title.
1: Yeah. And wasn't he also, I mean, he was involved with some of the Atlanta, obviously the Turner owned, you know, Atlanta sports teams. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's a, you know, um pretty well known guy. I, I always think of Dr. Har- Harvey Schiller. Cause I yeah, believe he has uh, he, he known that way. So, um, yeah. And then of course we get to Tony Kukoc. And um, we finally got some Tony Cook coach. I, I hopefully uh, I appreciate guess. that. that, <laughs> that <laughs> I, mean,
2: I guess we did. I mean, <laughs> at least nah. they told his side of the story. But I mean. Right, I'm still waiting for. Cuckoo hey, cuckoo this here. man won six man of the year for us. <laughs> like, yes, Phil and Admiral do, yeah. and Scottie Pippen was out for 33 games. But okay, that's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, really, no 98 coach at all. He was a sixth um, of, like he was a six man of the year yeah. that year, but he was like an incredible player off the bench for them. Right, six that's man true. Year in 1996. Yeah, he, like, what are we doing? right? He, he has not really fit into this story much, but, but, but yeah, um, maybe maybe more later. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, basically the idea of, you know, Jerry Krause is, is fawning over Kukoc. You know, he um, was a star um, in Europe. They drafted him um, earlier on and been trying to bring him over. But, you know, he's making a decent amount of money in Europe, wouldn't make as much in the NBA. Um, Pippen in particular offended by Kukoc being a higher priority in terms of signing than than he was. Um, and Jordan Pippen both, you know, want to basically take it as an FU to Kraus to, um, destroy Kukoc in the game against Croatia, which in game one, they basically do. Um, a few things that I, that I, I learned about this is that Kukoc apparently was not aware of the fact that Jordan and Pippen, um, hated him and wanted to see him, uh, be destroyed. So, um, so, so that was fun. And he, it, and Kukoc just kind of like, Oh yeah, I had met you guys. Like, what are you doing? This, <laughs> right. you know? Hello, I'm your
2: new teammate. And, <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and I think you and I talked about, it, but I, I'd forgotten that Kukoc actually did play pretty well in game two of that. The, yeah. which is the final game, the yeah, gold medal point. game for the, yeah. So, yeah. So it wasn't like he, you know, it was, it wasn't like he was, it was some demonstration that he wasn't an NBA level player. Um, you know, he was still he played pretty well against you know the best uh you know the NBA had to offer at the time and uh and, and you know and Christian later
2: yeah course. of course but I, I thought they right. did a decent job in 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 this at least of giving Tony I thought Tony Kukoc acclimated himself pretty well because he wasn't like angry about it but he was just kind of like yeah I didn't like leave you know Croatia right away yeah. because my country was <laughs> going through like a good godly bloody civil war and I didn't really want to leave my family right. behind. Uh, um, yeah. so eventually I did take less money and came to the NBA and then now you guys hate me <laughs> Cause like, right. you know, because like, right. it's just like, all right, like, yeah, I mean, had you have known how like, and, and I thought Michael Wilbon had a good quote, like he was like kind of annoyed that Pippen called him soft. Cause he's like, dude, like this guy's dealing with right. like his family yeah. is dying. You know, there's a civil right. war going on in his country. Like, like maybe I'll so, uh, call him soft because he only scored four points in, in a basketball game. Like maybe there are things bigger than basketball there, Scott, but you know. Uh, it is what yeah. it is, but I thought Kukoc did a good job, and and was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, whatever. And I was so glad that they actually touched on Game Two and gave him a little bit of credit that like it wasn't just like because I feel like the Dream Dean documentary was pretty much just like they locked down Tony Kukoc and he was done right. and knew he didn't belong in the NBA or whatever. And it's like, well, I mean, in Game Two he scored sixteen points and he scored like twenty one right. points the game after that game, and and he led his team to the gold medal game. So I don't know, he's a pretty good player. So it's bad, yeah,
1: it's all right. And then Harvey Gant, uh, mm-hmm. the um, the Candidate for Senate in 1990, North Carolina. Um, famously, Jordan is asked to endorse Scan, who's who's uh, facing Jesse Helms, who's a horrible, horrible racist uh, senator um, Republican. Uh, Jordan. Uh, doesn't endorse gant um he admits actually saying republicans buy sneakers too which i'd always thought was the sentiment but not the actual real quote but he he admits to saying it out he says that it was kind of a joke that he said it you know on the bus with pippin and and grant and all those guys but um he said it kind of facetiously but he admits to saying it which i um i was a little surprised by that
2: yeah i, I that was it was cool to kind of Add some, you know, add add some background to that quote because yeah, I was the same thing. Like I've heard that quote before, and then I've also heard the oh, that's not exactly what he said. He just kind of, you know, it's the sentiment, or there were some words put in his mouth, or whatever. For so for Jordan to right. flat out say no, I said that, but it was a joke, is is I guess a, a pretty big step because uh, he did say it, and 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 I think that's something that's been denied or or, or argued about. Uh, for years and right. years and years, and Sam Smith's been sort of unjustly, you know, crucified for oh, this is not what Michael said. And it's like, oh, right. yeah, it's, right. it's what he said, and it's a that I thought was a pretty interesting part of this documentary they didn't explore too much and I understand that this is maybe not the documentary to do that but I do think it is a a super interesting thing because I did see a lot of sentiment on Twitter of like well we shouldn't expect all of our athletes to be activists we shouldn't expect our athletes to to do this or stand up against all this sort of stuff and and I I understand that sentiment but I also think that like the guy that Harvey Gantt was against in North Carolina where Jordan grew up was like a very horrible person you know what i mean it's not like right, right. this guy's kind of a dick and this guy's black yeah. oh everybody vote for the black guy it's like this right. guy doesn't think martin luther king deserves <laughs> a holiday or that right. like they shouldn't have any like museums or or, or honor you know any any black yeah. men and oh here's yeah, you know, or, like
1: school should be segregated that's great right, yeah like no, yeah we're not yeah, talking it,
2: about like here's some republican guy that i don't know if i quite agree with it's like we're talking right. about a very bad, like a very, v- very, very heinous, backwards, very heinous, heinous yeah. racist guy. So I know that, like, yes, not all our athletes need to be activists and not all our athletes have to be role models. But would it kill Jordan to say, hey, don't vote for the guy that doesn't think, you know, blacks and whites should go to school together? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that's too much to I, ask.
1: <laughs> I, I I get it. Yeah. I, and I, you know, Jordan says, I never thought of myself as an activist. He's selfish, probably. Um you know, I mean, he he's able to go that far. Interesting they bring uh, Obama out there um, to talk about it. And he sort of gently chides Jordan, but he also sort of is like, well, you know, maybe he wasn't ready to do that or, you know, that wasn't what he felt comfortable doing, which I kind of feel like is there to launder Jordan's point of view a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I think there is some validity that, you know, shouldn't up to, be up to Michael Jordan or athletes to always be the ones to step up and, right. you know, to – activism that's up to everybody um but in this case i mean it is pretty much it is almost like the most heinous um person imaginable that you're fighting against and it would have it, you know it could have been helpful maybe but who knows but yeah it, they bring it up i i do feel like in a way that is more um somewhat at least shining a, a little bit of a light of criticism on jordan than i expected even if they are i think maybe essentially um selling his point of view i don't know it'll be interesting to see how people you know kind of respond to that more as yeah. as as we get more reaction to that one um but yeah so that was episode five um episode six i uh I, you know the focus of i think mean, there's two two bits of focus here that are themes throughout the episode are one jordan tiring of the spotlight and then two jordan being super competitive and then the ways that he acts out um with those impulses particularly in his gambling.
2: Yeah. I, um, I thought it was a, a big reason why I really liked this episode and, and, and because this is a lot of what I was kind of hoping we were going to get. And, I was kind of surprised that they. I mean, they dug in a little deeper than I thought they were going to be. I know that they didn't quite, you know, make a, a grand statement about anything. They didn't really say definitively this is good, this is bad, or whatever. But they allowed the user to, or the, the viewer to kind of say, "Hey, here's you know, here's this guy. <laughs> you know, here's here's what Michael Jordan did in his free time. Here's how he treated other people. Here's you know, some of the company he kept or whatever." And I um I was pretty surprised by that. I really thought that we were going to gloss over a lot of that stuff, and and I'm glad that we at least got to a bit of it. And, and again, like it, it didn't make a grand statement of is this good or is this bad or whatever, but it, it just kind of let the viewer um, in on the life, you know, outside of the court or off the court uh, for Jordan. So I, I appreciated that a little bit.
1: Yeah. You, um, I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. You, you start to the intro of the episode is jordan he's filming um I, I don't know if it's if it's special or if it's a commercial or exactly what it is but um you know this is i think 93 um, 92 maybe um and he uh he keeps saying i don't think you see he, basically the the theme of it is like you know um People say they want to step in his shoes, but they, would if they knew the reality, they wouldn't want to. And he, and he's like, I don't think you can see the true Michael Jordan for if you're just in my shoes for a day. You have to be there for you know for a long period of time. But he keeps, you know, it's some scripted thing or semi-scripted thing anyway. And they, he mm-hmm. keeps doing different takes of it. It's like almost like, okay, this is Jordan like saying something that's really honest and really personal and really heartfelt. But then you hear him repeat and saying it over and over again, in like a scripted way. Absolutely,
2: I, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I actually was kind of. I mean, that that kind of took me aback. and I really thought that was great editing and and, and great filmmaking by um, yeah. whoever made the decision to have Jordan say it and then go, ah, sorry, here, let's run that back. Uh, yeah, no, it's very difficult to have a day in my. I was like, oh my god, like yeah, because it's it's like you hear you come into the episode with this oh my god heartfelt close in on michael jordan and his eyes talking about how you hate you know being me is not easy and being right. me is, and then like cut all right actually let's do it this way and right. then it gets right back into the same voice and you're like oh man like that what felt like the most sincere moment of michael jordan that i've ever heard turned out to just be you know him filming a commercial i thought that was a really right. good editing that, that they did there
1: right i um Yeah, I I think that was great, and I think that was. I mean, it doesn't mean that what he's saying isn't true. It doesn't feel that way, but but it's really interesting to kind of see that presented to just kind of put the artifice a little bit on. I mean, really, this whole project. I mean, you know, we're we're seeing Jordan, you know, say things, you know, that we feel like are really really honest, like how he really feels, and he certainly it certainly feels like he's being honest about you know uh, certain things, you know, how much he hates Isaiah Thomas, for instance. But um, yeah, who knows? You know, it's it's. I mean, he's obviously he has an incredible amount of skill about convincing you whether he's sincere, you know, whether he is or not, you know, he's obviously, he's a skilled actor. That's one of the things that has, I, I, you know, that gives his, that adds to his appeal. He's very charismatic. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a good actor. He's, he's good at showing people what he wants to show them. Um, So, yeah, so I, Focusing on ninety eight a little bit first, we get some. Uh, we we get a little fun um, segment with Jordan playing uh, coins with the uh, a coin game with the Stiff Brothers, where they're trying to to throw a coin as close to the wall as possible without hitting the wall, I believe is the point of the yeah, game. So. you know,
2: honestly, I spent the entire time with that segment being like, I don't understand the point of this game at all. Like, I guess I'm lame or I've never played that before. Right. Uh, finally, in the final game, uh, the final betting game is is when I finally realized uh, what, the, what the point of the game was because, yeah, I uh, right. I hated to admit, and I was hoping that you would be able to shine some light on quarters, but uh, right. um, I guess you you can't. So I think that's what the point of the game is, but sorry if we're lame and, and don't actually right.
1: know the point wait, of quarters. Wait, wait. So. It, it, not, not really important what the point of the game is but more just show again again another example there, there have been many about um jordan getting hyper competitive with like you know the smallest people about the smallest things um and uh you can tell obviously he's frustrated he doesn't win it and you know gets a little bit uh he gets a little bit annoyed that he doesn't win it but he I, he laughs it off for the most part um we get some nine not much from 98 here um you get uh jordan you, you get uh, one of the last games of the season it's the magic and the bulls and jordan sort of razzes uh grant they 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 come to the huddle at the beginning and jordan sort of razzes grant about the magic falling off and you know not making the playoffs this year and you know it's like oh, it, it, because the ref first jokes like oh yeah do you know this guy and then they all kind of have a laugh it's pippins up there too and um so that that was fun and um and then you get you later on you get um Jordan in 98 telling stories about, you know, basically players drinking and smoking at halftime when he first joined the the Bulls. And in in fact, like, um, you know, guys, uh, players like bumming cigarettes from the coaches, which, is, is it a funny contrast to jordan telling the same stories you know in 2020 um you I mean obviously he told them in a more, more bold way in 2020 but it it's funny to see jordan's point of view and of that 98 and his point of view of that in 2020
2: yeah yeah and it's uh the the, the official beer of uh of the last dance is absolutely miller light because there is a yes. lot of miller Lite yeah. Flowing in lot in of, uh, uh, yes
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, they're all they're all drinking after the game, I think. And, it, you know, right before Jordan has to go talk to the media another like, you know, Jordan's like, oh, God, I've talked to the media again, basically um, kind of thing. And uh, and then you see Jordan being extremely impatient uh, of uh, wanting Pippen to keep going so that he can make a tea, tea time. And then he gets on the bus and he uh, honks the horn of the uh Buzz and you, you get some fun um, clips of uh, the Bulls going golfing and uh, Rodman saying vulgar things and Jordan, you know, kind of keeping score about uh, what he's old. And he just he, there's a there's a quote there. Uh, he talks about how like a young coach would make them practice to stay would be frustrated about that. But Phil's saying, "Hey, Phil knows we need a break." So I wonder what like. Um, Nineteen ninety, Michael Jordan would think of nineteen ninety eight, Michael Jordan, like his, you know, like obviously nineteen ninety eight, Michael Jordan is still extremely competitive, but 998 Michael Jordan doesn't mind taking a day off here and there. I wonder Right? How yeah. 19- oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. We talk about, right.
2: you know, that like, oh my god, the ultra competitor. Oh my god, the only focus in his life is is you know basketball and winning and and dominating or whatever. And then yeah, you have ninety eight Jordan just sitting there, you know, lighting up a cigar, going, right. "Thank God I don't have to practice today." Um, yeah, yeah exactly. no, uh, he'd probably very much scream at 19, you know, 90, 1990 Jordan would, would call 1998 Jordan old asshole who doesn't care about winning or something like that for sure. Right. But you know, exactly. Yeah. When you're five so. titles deep, I guess you get a little bit more leeway. So
1: yeah. Uh, well, you know, fair enough. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the rest of it, you know, focus pretty much is on, on, 93. Um, you know, we talk about the Jordan rules, which actually came out in 91, I believe. Um, mm-hmm but it's more of a recap of just kind of the controversy that came out about that. Some of the things that, um, you know, some of the revelations about, you know, Jordan was a mean guy to play with. And, you know, Jordan did, Jordan definitely enjoyed. Um, I mean, some of the gambling revelations were in that book, right? Um, Oh yeah. 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 There was a lot yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Just the the way he treated other people, the gambling, yeah. All that right. sort of stuff. It was it's basically, a a, it right here's, up, so, yeah. being, here's following around Michael Jordan for a year. And it was like, I don't know that anything was like super like, oh my god, you're not gonna believe this. It's just like, hey, here's what Jordan does. Jordan, you know, goes on the plane and right and bets people twenty five thousand dollars and they're like, Jordan, <laughs> like Mike, I don't make yeah, like funny. I can't afford right. to spend twenty five thousand dollars on a, a hand of blackjack. Like I only make like two hundred thousand dollars, man. Like I'm not like you right. and, and yeah, just that and just kind of the, the, the ultra competitiveness, the yelling, the you know, the way he treated other people. It it was it was, you know, I mean it wasn't like it's still kind of greeted as a, oh my god, here's like a, you know, this, this scathing, you know, review of Michael Jordan, but like, no one's ever said anything in there is false, like, you know, and, and I think that's the same thing we got in this, it's like, everybody's kind of like, yeah, they, they said it, but I wonder who said it, right. <laughs> and like, what we had more yeah. is like, let's, who who told everybody that this is not true? Right, right? right. Yeah. as opposed yeah, no to, one really, is, yeah.
1: Yeah, no one really argued about the accuracy of it, it was right. more, yeah, who, you know, because I, I think Jordan thought it was Horace Grant, and Grant like says it wasn't him bj armstrong brought up that it had to be a lot of sources in a way that makes you think that he was one of the prime sources Um, oh bj
2: definitely uh, he's like hey look it could have been any
1: of us yeah 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 Yeah. um you know phil jackson tells a story about cross crowds being mad about some of the quotes in the book he wants to sit down with phil and go over all the quotes and you know figure out who said it and you know, I, I mean, I think it's admitted to being sourced to some of the stuff in the book, so um so, yeah, I mean, I again, I'm, I, you know, a lot of this is more observation. I mean, you know, this is still a time in which, you know, the the um, coach or the j- journalists still have, you know, a decent amount of access to NBA teams, so that's very much going to change, I think, partly as a result of this book, and, and I think the, the Bulls were the first team in the NBA to really close things off, yeah. you know, in a um, in a major manner, but Um, you know, uh, so, yeah, some good stuff. I, I liked the uh, the hip hop parade montage with uh with Jordan and Bulls highlights. The uh that layup hand switch against the uh, Nets with those really really shiny blue uh, yes. Nets they yeah. had that year. That was that was quite a uh that was quite a highlight.
2: Yeah, it took me a second. To, I'm like who the hell was wearing those uniforms? Right. And then I'm like that's yeah. Ross and Petrovich. Oh my god, those Nets yeah. Uh, yeah. Those Nets uniforms yeah. are uh, I I don't think I've ever seen them in the in the in the wild like that. I've only just seen pictures of them. So it was uh they were quite uh quite blue. <laughs> they were very very blue
1: yes they were very they're very shiny and very very blue but uh you know I mean I've there have definitely been worse Nets uniforms
2: there have yeah they're they're yeah. they're not greats but yeah they're, they're they're there's been worse for sure
1: uh, yes so um then we get into the 93 playoffs uh famous the, the most famous series the competitive series were against the Knicks and against the Suns. of uh, of the Knicks obviously Eastern Conference finals. Um, and then the we, we finally do get in the gambling. Uh, the Knicks win game one and game two of the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, then there's some newspaper reports that Jordan has seen late in at in Atlantic City at a casino. I think it was between game one and game two. Um, he, he said he went with his, his, well, I think it was his dad, but it was other people there. Uh, there's a uh, there's a funny clip of uh, who's that New York radio guy? Uh, Mike Francesa. Uh,
2: Mike Francesa. Yes. yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. And who, who says it shows a lack of commitment, which is just kind of hilarious to see, like a dude like that say that about Mike just Michael Jordan. Fat you New know?
2: York, uh, you know, right. radio guy being yeah. like he's not committed. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> committed. That's the sports yes. pope for you.
1: And. Um, and then we get we then we kind of get the backstory, um, story for some David Aldridge about, you know, the fact that he, you know, had, you know, had a history of gambling, especially out in the golf course. We get a, you know, the story, a brief story of uh, Slim Bowler, who was a, a guy that Jordan ended up having to um, testify his trial. And one of the things is revealed there is that. Uh, Jordan, you know, owed him, you know, significant gambling decks. And then there's the Richard Esquinas book, The the Michael and Me Are Gambling Addiction, which is a hilarious <laughs> title of a, a book, um, which, you know, brings up a lot more revelations of, you know, Jordan's extravagant amount of gambling. um, And then I love Jordan's quote of like... You know, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going golf with all these guys. I don't know anything about it." And he's like, "Then I find out later that all these guys are really bad." <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> uh, to be innocent again, yeah. Um, yes, I have never, right. I have never read that book, and I don't, uh, I don't believe you have either. No, I don't plan to read that. Has one, anybody but, read that? I don't um, think anyone's ever read that book.
1: <laughs> I, I, well, people write, write enough to make a big deal about the time, but yes. Um. So, and then you know, George does some interviews that, you know kind of it's like well i have a competition problem not a gambling problem blah, blah blah and he eventually stops talking to the media in the meantime uh the bulls do rally in the series um jordan is 54 points in game four game five is the famous smith where charles smith misses like a thousand putbacks at the end uh to blow for the Knicks, and then game six the bulls wrap it up pretty well so uh yeah, we get into the, the physicality of the Knicks, not a whole, I mean, some, you know, obviously there's some clips and stuff They talk about how tough, you know, that they were physically tough, but, you know, they're never really, I mean, the Knicks obviously never beat them with Jordan. So um, they're not seen on the same level as both a, you know, um, existential threat to the Bulls and an existential threat to the NBA as, you know, the, uh, as the Pistons were, of course. So, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, sort of interesting how the reputations of them, like I I feel like the physical like hard-nosed Knicks have mostly a positive reputation, where the physical hard-nosed Pistons have mostly a negative reputation, which I think is interesting.
2: Yeah, it is strange, and and I'm watching those clips, it reminds me that like, I'm really glad that basketball is not that way anymore some i know I, some people who don't watch yeah. basketball much anymore are like i wish it was like that anymore. right <laughs> again but it's right. like yes. nah, no. not really <laughs> like,
1: I, I, <laughs> you know I, yeah a little physicality what's was fine but yeah the all the time yeah it's just come on come on guys um so let me get to the finals um the uh, phoenix suns this is Barkley's mvp year which of course jordan is slighted by uh Jordan finally breaks his two week silence uh talking to his good friend NBC's Ahmad Rashad. Um this was not a good decision by Michael Jordan. Uh usually he's you know very good about his public relations and his uh calculated, you know, is, is calculating his image but first of all he's wearing sunglasses in the interview which is very bad and when um, even he does Ramad, come off as when he's extremely even, defensive.
2: I don't want to interrupt you but when even Re- Ahmad right. Rashad is like Jeff, I'm Jeff. Like sunglasses, man. Come on. Like when even Ahmad Rashad is dunking on Michael Jordan, you know that's like you know what I like. That is like he's literally driving a car with him. Like that's how much media like space Ahmad Rashad was given to Michael Jordan. When even he's like, why is he wearing sunglasses? Come on, Mike. Like you know, it's 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 bad. But yeah, that that wasn't
1: great. Yeah. And we'll circle back to that 98 conversation. Cause I think that's interesting too, but um, yeah. And Jordan actually does talk about retiring soon. Um, and, and Ahmad, you know, pushes him on like, Like you, you, you know, how soon or, you know, with the, this is the first, I don't really remember there being much of a conversation about the idea of Jordan retiring after these finals up until of course, his father, you know, passed away. And, and after that, but I don't, I don't remember there being any kind of real sentiment that he would actually do that. Um and you you're probably too young to remember any any conversation about um that in '93.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't remember actually what people were saying, but uh, I just know from everything that I've read or whatnot that that the actual retirement seemed to kind of come completely out of surprise, and nobody was really ready for it. But maybe people weren't really right. reading the words. Maybe it makes maybe those words are a little bit more poignant, knowing what happened but maybe like a guy just says like, ah, you know, I don't much longer. I'm going to go and they're like, "Ah, okay, whatever. And then he plays 10 more years in the league or whatever. But the fact that Jordan did actually retire, maybe we're like, Whoa, that was like, you know, I don't know if that was just something that a lot of guys say all the time. We just don't notice or that it maybe was, was words that people should have taken a little bit more seriously.
1: Yes. So uh, back to the, uh, the sun series, Um, Jordan talks about going after Dan Marley because Krause uh, loves him. Another, uh, another moment of pettiness from Jordan uh the bulls win game one and game two uh barkley says that you know he felt like in game two he played the best that he could play but jordan actually played better which made him feel like for the first time that he wasn't the best um after all i don't know Barkley. i mean jordan's been like the best player in the league for like five years you maybe you <laughs> right. would have gotten the lesson before this time but hey okay it's like this jordan um, kid's pretty good <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. He's, he's all right uh. he's all right barkley uh, he's, he's not bad but the uh, the Suns make it tough. Game three, they win the triple overtime game in Chicago. Uh, game four, the Bulls come back. Uh, Jordan scores uh, fifty five points. We see clips of Danny Ainge and Michael Jordan uh, getting into it. Of course, uh, we we do like it when Jordan goes after Danny. Yeah, Ainge.
2: I mean, Michael Jordan's punching out Will Purdue and punching out Steve Kerr. Why didn't he just deck Ainge here? It yeah, would have been perfect. What a
1: nice yeah. yeah. Would have, would Put would his ass right. on yeah. the
2: floor. Fuck him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I, I don't, th- I don't think he would have been punished for it.
2: No, I don't I think any, nobody in the enjoyed. NBA yeah. could have ever. Yeah, yeah. it would have it would have been right. uh, celebrated if anything. For,
1: for yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, uh, the uh, one thing I did right. want to point out that I thought was pretty interesting is is we get yet another uh, Michael Jordan pissed that J- Jerry Krause loves the guy in Dan Marley. Right, and I'm oh, starting yeah. to wonder. I'm starting to wonder. Was Jerry Krause playing you know mind games with Jordan? I feel like Jericho Cross likes a lot of oh, guys right. in the NBA that Michael Jordan is like going to be matched up with. He's like, "Hey, check yeah. out this Clyde Drexler guy; pretty good player, am I right?" And he's like, "Fuck yeah. that guy." Right. Like, yeah. He's like, "Hey, Here Thunder Dan Marley; pretty great player, uh, right?" Like, like I right. like, like wondered if Jericho Cross is playing like maybe, maybe you know, maybe Jordan is yeah. playing checkers and, and Jericho Cross is playing chess there by just being like, maybe, <laughs>
1: maybe, yeah. They always work. Maybe we're working this. Instance. Right. Hopefully he yeah, you know, talks so. about
2: carry Kittles sure. before this, uh, this, Easter right. Conference final. <laughs> Easter or, conference final. Else,
1: yeah. Else, I don't know if the bulls are going to be able to take it to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they would be, be able to handle Kittles without some extra motivation. Yeah. I hear you. So, um, Sons with game five easily in Chicago. Um, you know, Barkley has a famous quote about, you can take the boards down because you know, that people would board their windows in Chicago. Cause they were afraid to buy after, you know, the, the bulls winning, uh, on the uh, plane before Game Six, Jordan says, "Hey, I'm only packing one suit. I don't know about you guys." And uh, and then they famously win on the uh, John Paxson shot, which a nice uh, nice pass by uh, Horace Grant, which I had not uh, noticed. Um, I, I kind of forgotten about what a nice pass that was out of the uh, out of the post from Grant to uh, an open Paxson. Oh, it's
2: so, so good. Yeah, a lot of times they'll, they'll, they'll like yeah. cut or just like zoom in on John Paxson, but yeah, like Horace right, Grant gets right. this pass, and the play is like appears yeah. to be pretty much designed for Horace Grant. And right. cool moment by him to just realize, like, look. They all collapsed on me. Paxson's wide open. Let me give it to him. Yeah. I mean, that that like a lot of right. guys probably wouldn't do that. A lot of guys would say, "Nope, this plays yeah. for me, and this is my time for glory or whatever." But but Horace Grant didn't care and and throws it out. And yeah, it's a great pass. Yeah. Just an awesome pass. Or, or maybe
1: maybe he didn't maybe he didn't want it enough, Rich. You know, maybe that's yeah, true. Sure. he doesn't love winning <laughs> like, like yeah, all these love winning. But, exactly.
2: Uh, I'm kind of upset that he'd made this pass because it's doomed uh, uh, me and other fellow Bulls fans to like 15 years of, of John oh, Bax. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all right. You whatever.
2: Know. It's okay.
1: But what can you do? And then uh, Bart says sports are like a gunfight and we lost to the best gun. And that's uh, a terrible and, analogy. And there we are. Yeah, know. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, He's a little, a little circumspect. Um, and then, you know, afterward Jordan talks about being way past exhausted after the third title. Paxson says that, you know, he felt like it was more relief than true joy for both him and for the team, which, you know, again, we've seen that kind of moved you know, with the Miami, you know, the Wade Miami, um, you know, their their fourth year by that time, they were pretty if you know, they kind of felt the same way. Even in a loss, they felt kind of relieved that it was just over. The Warriors recently, you know, I I so this is certainly um Common for other dynasties as well, or other, you know, teams that, you know, go three or four, you know, finals in a row, um, just how challenging that is, how much of a grind it becomes and, um, you know, how it's almost, you know, again, it it becomes a, a point where the joy isn't there that it is with the first and the second instance, um, And then Jordan says, you know, basically, yeah, like, you know, if I had to do it over again, I would never want to be considered a role model just because of all the, um, you know, kind of the, some of the pressure, some of the added things, the added um, scrutiny over over your behavior that, um, that, that gives. And we go back to 98 where Ahmad and Jordan are talking about, of course, after he's, you know, come back, uh, after he's left and come back about the idea of him leaving again. And then he you know, talks about how you know, okay, yeah, some guys talk about how you know they they want to go until they they can't walk off the court, and he's like, yeah, hey, I want to leave two years before my skills fall off. I want I want to walk off the court, and yeah. he says, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to miss it. So interesting. Again, you know, that seems in contrast to a degree with Jordan as a competitor. Like you know, like I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to criticize Jordan at all for this. I mean, you know, you I. I can't imagine the kind of scrutiny and the kind of just exhaustion that you feel just go- going through this but it does seem like there is sort of a um a point where you know he he gets sick of the competition he just wants to qu- quit and not, not that it's too hard for him but it's just like it's too exhausting for him i don't know i don't know how to it just, It's sort of interesting how um, that's sort of at odds with that, you know, I'm the ultimate competitor reputation.
2: Right, yeah, and I think uh, I, w- without saying it, it's also the the scrutiny, the questions about the gambling, the questions about who you're hanging out right. with, the questions of what you're doing sure. after the games, and that sort of stuff, yeah. I think is weighing on him way more than the games, but he's just sort of saying, yeah, the games are getting, you know, th- this, this sort of stuff, but I guess, like you're saying, it, it also... A lot of other guys would be raked over the coals for those sort of comments and that sort of thought and that sort of mentality by people like Michael Jordan would rake those same guys over the coals, uh, right? For, for saying that, but yeah, he you know obviously gets a pass for, for doing that, and no, and right. I get it, I understand his not point wrong. of view, and I understand the point of view of a lot of people that would have that point of view, but it's just like right. you said, it, it it's it's if LeBron says that same stuff, he's you know he doesn't oh, care yeah. about oh, the game or right. whatnot, but oh, yeah. you know yeah for jordan exactly. it's like well yeah of course he'd be exhausted can you imagine his life no, this way right. like, yeah, it's like i, I get it Absolutely. i understand no, but yeah yeah i'm right with you on that yeah so anything else no i just sherman douglas man i can't wait to see what happens so. all
1: right we'll let's see yeah next week <laughs> that's the
2: extent of the i out. without looking it up i don't know any other 1998 uh, new jersey nets than the ones i mentioned so i don't know if you uh, all right if you're That's right. innately know any Jason, of other- <laughs> Jason
1: Williams,
2: Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jason is, Williams. Yeah. Yeah. The, is, the shooty one. Not Sam, the,
1: not white chocolate. Shooty yeah, one. yeah. Right. Is a, uh, is Sam Cassell on the uh 97 nets? Um, I
2: want to say yes.
1: I, I don't or, yeah, 90 Nets. I, I believe I think he, he is. May. I think yes. he is.
2: Find that out. Let's find that out. I believe he All is. Right, That's a good um, team. Hold on a minute. That's a great team. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. You got Kittles, right. Van Horn, possibly Cassell, Jason Williams sherman douglas chris yeah. gatling
1: i don't know, is, <laughs> I don't know. Is, that's a that's a tough team well, yeah that is a uh Cassell's on there you Hell know yeah. hey hey listen they had a uh expected win loss of 46 and 36 that year so it's not bad it's 14th in the league yeah calipari's got the team they have yeah. ronnie cycling uh, too for,
2: oh for, man kendall gill that's right
1: michael cage I david think,
2: benoit
1: I, I, th- I think Cycles got hurt by then. I think that was because oh. we did the episode. We did the '98 series, and remember, like Cycles got traded, and oh, then right, like right, there was right, yeah, right. and then he got hurt, and yeah, so yeah, it's had times. Saver McDaniel. All right,
2: man. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go on, go
1: on. all right, all right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, checking us out. You can also find us at um, at the Step Back at FanSided. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast by searching for Over and Back NBA, and we're on Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. Uh, we've got uh, we got a new playlist on our YouTube channel. We'll include it in the uh, notes. So if you want to check out any of the other uh, any of the other episodes we've done about Jordan and the Bulls from this era, you can find it all there. We're still working on getting our uh, back archive up, so. But uh, in the meantime, check all that out. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll back again soon.